Once again, it is What's Involved, and uh, this uh, edition of What's Involved proudly brought to you by Epic South Africa. If you'd like to find out more about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, epicsouthafrica.com is the place to go. I am joined by the founder of Epic South Africa, Grant Smee. How are you, Grant? Very well yourself. Fantastic. Thank you. We're going into a new year. And although we still have uh, this dreaded pandemic and lockdown level three that we're at at the moment, I've got a good feeling about this year. And I I think this is going to be a year of of opportunity. Speaking of which, in terms of Epic, um, you know, you guys have been sponsoring the show. You're all about entrepreneurship and, and helping entrepreneurs. What exactly does Epic do? Yes, so Epic was established as a, a property investor um, networking forum um, and then quickly expanded into a, a training and support business for, for property investors beyond the networking. And then I quite quickly realized that um, as an entrepreneur myself and a property entrepreneur, um, that, that entrepreneurship really plays a big role in terms of your outlook and your, your, the support you need when you're running um, a property investment business or, or looking to get into property investment. But it also applies across other industries. So the learnings we have or I have as as a property entrepreneur really apply um, in other businesses as well. So we've uh, expanded that offering into a support for entrepreneurs, both startup and and, uh, experienced entrepreneurs to try and assist and help um, the guys through particularly tough times at the moment, but also as a signing board for ideas and and maybe expansion plans and helping scale and systemize um, uh, businesses as well. All right. And then I suppose, you know, property is always a good idea if you can get into property in some way, shape or form, maybe not as your core business, but uh, certainly in terms of annuity income. So I thought this time we'd focus a little bit more on some other aspects uh, of of your businesses. Um, You've also got Only Realty, which uh, is a property company. Talk to me a bit about Only Realty, because I think we're going to focus on property in this particular show. Yes, I mean, I mean, I suppose it's important to to say that, that my background uh, initially in accounting, but but then very much around property as a property investor, I've invested in property since two thousand and four, and and I sort of realised quite quickly that that what I required as a property investor wasn't necessarily out there in the market uh, from a services point of view. Um, so uh, when I was living in London, I established a property management company there to meet my my mine and other investors' needs, and with uh, coming back to South Africa in twenty ten. Um, sort of followed that that sort of journey and have taken only realty to a space where we specialize in in looking after rental properties. We're a, we're a property management company. That's our focus and that's our core and that's our expertise. We, we then, once we were comfortable at establishing ourselves as a property management company, uh, we then expand into sales. So we do have a sales arm. Um, all, all of our franchisees have sales arms now. So we've got 24 offices around the country um, in all the major cities and towns. And um, our teams are, are, like I say, entirely focused on, on looking after landlord properties and making their investments efficient and, and uh, maximizing their profit for them, but also um, providing a, a good, uh, almost seamless sales service on the back end as well, if you look to sell or, or want to buy a property as well. Fantastic stuff because there's been massive, massive changes. I want to, I want to talk um, a little bit about this because interest rates are low in terms of, of properties. Um, I believe first-time property buyers are that, that there's an increase there. Give me, give me some stats quickly, uh, if you would, as to as to where we are in terms of of properties, property buying, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Yeah, so I mean, look, there's been substantial drop in in property investors buying properties, um, and and substantial. Um, you, you're probably looking at a at a forty to fifty percent drop in people buying investment properties, for, and, and there's several reasons around that, um, which I'll, I'll get into now. On the first time buyer, there's been a massive increase, in, and I know the bond originators, um, um, Uber as well as uh, Better Bond, and, and also the banks um, are talking about massive amounts of increase in in first time buyers. And I think it's it's important to clarify that first-time buyers aren't uh, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds who are getting their first jobs. First-time buyers can be people who are 35 who have been renting for years and now, because of the low interest rate, are getting onto the property market so much later. And I know the uh, average age of uh, property buyers now has substantially decreased from close on on um, sort of 36, 37 years towards the 32-year-old uh, um, range which means that, that there's there's a lot of people coming to the market, a lot of the youth coming to the market, which previously wasn't the case because of uh, costs of buying high interest rates. And, you know, the banks were were offering really preferential um, deals to first-time buyers, giving them 100%, 100% uh, bonds, sometimes even 102, 103% bonds to cover some of the costs to buy, as well as the fact that there's a lot of uh, stock on the market for these first-time buyers to come into and buy particularly from a sectional title um, uh, uh, stock perspective, there's a lot of sectional title units and complexes out there from developers that are that are available at, at relatively decent prices because, again, there's this um, relative oversupply of property at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I, I do a, a podcast for a property developer as well, and, and they gave me very, very similar stats, and that's what they, they are focusing on now is these, these sort of complexes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, their price range sort of one and a half million up. What is, what is the upper level there? Would it be around three million? Yeah, two and a half million is probably where you're getting, <clears throat> sorry, getting to your next, next level. So you, and, and again, it actually depends, you know, people talk about the property market um, on, a, on a national basis. It's really difficult to do that because you're actually um, including parts of the Northern Cape into the statistics of uh, you know, Central Stanton. So you really, when you're talking property market, you need to talk about much more um, geographic areas. So if we talk about uh, Joburg North, we talk about um, uh, those areas, that it does differ substantially. So if we then look at first-time buyer home in uh, Joburg, you're probably talking between the the 600 to 1.2 million mark, whereas if you go and sit in Cape Town in, in the Western Seaboard, you're looking at 1.2 to 1.8 million. Um, but the upper level does generally get from about 2.5 million upwards, and then your high end is the 5 million plus. Okay. Now another interesting thing to me is that that with COVID and with the trends um, and so many people being forced to work from home and now. Uh, in this current time, encouraged to work from home. What I found is a lot of people have gone, but hang on, I'm more productive working from home and employers are starting to see the benefits as well. Uh, is this a trend that's going to you know, impact on, on working from home and, and those kind of things? Yeah, look, I think I, th I think there's there's probably um, there could probably be two schools of thought here that that people working from home is is more efficient. Um, you know, they they are able to spend more time at their their uh, working versus commuting. Um, they probably have more energy because they're not sitting in traffic for a period of time. There's possibly a lot of evidence that says that people are more productive. I think on the flip side, there's a lot of companies that are experiencing real inefficiencies um, and, and teams being ineffective because they're not 
uh, in the same space, not using each other's sounding boards, you know, you're not overhearing conversations that other people are having on the phone. So I think there are space, uh, a space here where, where there's probably two sides to the story. The reality is, though, that on the commercial property side, big commercial uh, offices are going to really struggle going forward. I don't see big companies renting out entire buildings anymore. I think there's going to be a lot of um, rotational working from home um, in terms of teams. So teams will take turns working in the office and working from home. So I think we're going to really get into this hybrid space, which then presents a potential opportunity going forward uh, in two spaces. The first one is in smaller commercial uh, office, office spaces that are, uh, allow more flexible working. And the second one is um, in, in uh, properties that have that space for people to work. Because, you know, it's great working from home, but working from uh, your kitchen counter, but you can only do that for so long. So um, I, I do see that, that where there was quite a high level of demand, for example, for two-bed properties for a couple with a child, you're going to probably see that there will be a demand for three-bedroom flats uh, for that same couple going forward. Um, smaller homes with gardens and extra space for a study. So, so space uh, properties that have got that extra space to allow for work from home um, living is going to be become more popular. Okay, that definitely makes sense. This is What's Involved. It's uh, proudly brought to you by Epic South Africa. Uh, my special guest is Grant Smee. When we come back, uh, I want to ask you if there's another trend, but uh, that can wait. We'll be back in just a bit. This is What's Involved. And we're back. What's involved it is proudly brought to you by Epic South Africa, the platform. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur or an entrepreneur and you're looking for some coaching, some advice, that is the place to go. With me is Grant Smee. Grant, one of the things that I seem to have noticed, and I don't know if it's if it's even a trend, but because of this need for for more space, this working from home and not wanting to work, as you said, at your at your kitchen counter um, and, and maybe having a bit of a better view. People seem to be moving away from from these high density areas and and looking to move to more outlying areas. Is that just me, or is that a thing? No, it's absolutely a thing. Um, you know, there's a there's a big movement in terms of uh, called emigration, so movement away from your big economic hub, uh, Joburg, Pretoria, uh, families moving down more coastal regions. It was a trend for a good four, five, six years sort of uh, company directors, uh, entrepreneurs, successful entre entrepreneurs moving either to sort of Belito or Mshlanga or, or moving to Cape Town. Um, but I think what we see now is there's more movement of, of your, not necessarily your company directors, company owners, but, but even um, high-level staff that are moving their families for lifestyle reasons um, and the ability now to work from home. They can live in places like George Mossel Bay where there's a big boom in the property market there the last few months. Um, but also people moving away from real high density hubs, like you say, into sort of uh, m uh, more outlying areas where there's more space, uh, maybe a garden, bigger properties, cheaper rental, um, because they no longer have to worry about uh, sitting in traffic for hours because that's a less frequent event. Whereas it was generally, particularly in Joburg, a trend to move to spaces where you were much closer to the office. And that then created spaces like your Lone Hills of the World, Pauls Hall, Fourways where real high density living because it puts you much closer to the um, employment hubs. 
I'm very fortunate. I mean, I've never been one for traffic. It's it just my road rage comes out in a in a very big way, uh, and I will do anything I can to avoid uh, having to 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 go anywhere at rush hour of in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we're based on a on a plot in Pretoria East, so uh, it's uh, around about ten hectares of unspoilt African bush. So uh, the view from my office is absolutely spectacular and. Literally, it's a it's a it's a very short commute for me to get to the office uh, in the morning. So, uh, you know, that's one of the ways I've always been, and I just love it. It absolutely works for me. Um, and as I said, I've I've noticed more and more people that are, are are doing that. So, it's definitely, as you say, a trend. But now, the question, because you guys do the, the the commercial side of things as well. So what you said that interested me is there's a lot of these big commercial developments, um, they're probably not going to be filled up. I mean, developers are not going to be able to go, well, there's an entire office block for you to rent. What are these guys doing about that? Are they doing anything? Are they, are they changing the way they develop property these days? So, so I, think, I think what we're seeing and, and um, you know, it's particularly interesting, I'm, I'm in Joburg at the moment and, and we're staying in, in a really interesting hotel called... Um, Black Brick Hotel in Sanson. Um, and I think we're going to see a trend towards that where there's going to be a, a taking of, of large uh, uh, office blocks, for example, that were created for offices and converting them into these multi-use spaces. So the example of Black Brick Hotel, which again is, is actually, I mean, I've got no vested interest there. It's an incredible space, is really trendy, uh, really good uh, accommodation. Uh, they've got co-working space, they've got two little restaurants, They've got a gym. They've got um, you know a uh, a whole lot of stuff going on within that space that really makes it a a community where you can actually live, work, play in this building. And I think you're going to see a big trend towards that um, over the next few years, where these these now uh, white elephant office blocks are going to be converted into spaces where people can can live, can work, uh, can can uh, enjoy entertainment can uh, have uh, leisure time, everything else, and have a really good lifestyle within this contained space. Um, there are some really good developers doing a, a lot of that type of thing in, in Sandton. Um, uh, and it's, I think it's quite exciting. That's going to then expand out from Sandton. Once, once pricing makes, makes sense in other areas, it'll happen more and more. So I'm sure in, in, the, in, the, in the medium term, we're going to see a lot more of it happening in, in Cape Town CBD. I think, in fact, we are seeing it with um, the guys from Neighborgood, they're doing some stuff in, in Cape Quarter. The Black Brick Group are also doing stuff in Cape Town already. So, so I think we're going to see a big trend towards that, taking these large office blocks, turning them into uh, multi-use spaces, but not multi-use in the old traditional sense of residential at top and, and retail at the bottom, real integrated um, multi-use spaces where you can literally uh, live, in, live in one space, walk down the corridor, go to your shared office space, go upstairs, go to the gym, um, go to the swimming pool, go to the restaurant downstairs, um, all in all in one space. So I think, and I think it's quite exciting. There, there's some really good guys doing some such interesting stuff at the moment. Yeah, because I, I see one of the things that you'd mentioned uh, is uh, one of the, the the companies, the property companies, reached a billion rand in sales in 45 days. Uh, that was at a development in Santon. Yeah, so I mean, you know, there, there's this, uh, again, this micro living space. So, so we, I think we've spoken about it before or, or one of our, my other podcasts, we talk about the micro living. I think, uh, again, micro living, which is living in smaller spaces um, and, and eliminating all the excess of 
excess space that you have in a home, which gets rid of cost, makes it much more efficient living. And these guys are selling, I mean, um, you can buy a property from Blackbrick, for example, in Cape Town for, for 800,000. You can buy an apartment for 850,000 rand in, in Cape Town CBD. That's unheard of. You know, and I think, again, that's the type of thing that we're going to see a lot, lot more of is, um, and, and again, that's where these, these guys sold their building around with property in such a short period of time. It's, again, that multi-use, multifaceted buildings <clears throat> that, that provide small living accommodation but meet all your needs, <clears throat> but then has that multi-use um, sort of aspect to it as well. Yeah, but now the question I want to ask is, is what are the guys doing, the big, the big property guys that have now got office buildings that are standing um, and are, are not at peak occupancy? Because I know, you know, before it was a case of those, those places got premium rentals and uh, they were full all the time. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't just get one. What are they doing? Are they, are they kind of waking up and going, whoa, we have to take X office block now and we have to reconfigure it? Yes, I, I really hope so. I think um, a lot of the big property owners are also a lot of the big REITs. So you've got a lot of um, South African money invested into these things. So, so I really hope they are being a bit more um, forward, forward thinking and forward looking than, than they have been in the past. There are some really exciting REITs out there. And I think they are quite aware that the markets change substantially. Um, the interesting thing is you've had, uh, particularly pre-COVID, you had a lot of these shared office uh, space companies starting um, and, and popping up. You had guys like Spaces and, and you had Regis and, and, and they were starting to go into these office blocks already. So this wasn't, this isn't a, a these big, the, the, the um, decline of the big office block isn't solely because of COVID. I think it was just a trend that was happening anyway. And those companies had seen it coming. So they started putting in shared workspace, uh, flexible workspace, flexible leases, uh, much more flexible lease terms. Um, but I think the big thing is they're going to have to start realizing that they can't rent out, um, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 square meters to one business. It's going to have to be to, um, to much smaller, um, more flexible companies as there's startups and, and um, allow people more uh, flexible terms from their lease, their lease perspective. So I do think that they are investing in their spaces to make them again into this multi-use space. Um, and then they're aligning, I mean, uh, the example is in Cape Town, the guys who have aligned with Neighborhood, they've gone to the experts in that um, uh, multi-use property and they're, they're getting uh, the experts to come and invest and, and create the spaces for them. So I do think they're aware and they are, are um, uh, changing their model to try and um, uh, counter what's happening in the market, but they are going to struggle because they are carrying a lot of stock, a lot of properties. Um, so it is going to take time. All right, we are chatting to uh, Grant Smee from Epic South Africa. Today we're talking properties. This is what's involved when we come back. Uh, some more from Grant. We'll be finding out about, uh, is this a buyer's market? Good time to look. Where should we invest? Should we invest? Uh, all of that and more when we come back. And we're back with Grant Smee from Epic South Africa. We're talking property today. Um, uh, we've already discussed that uh, a lot of first-time uh, Home buyers are now being able to buy because of the interest rates. They've been able to buy properties. Um, we've talked about this this co living and, and micro living, uh, which I find fascinating. You know, to 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 sort of pare down and simplify uh, definitely seems to be uh, one of the trends, as you said, that that people are are, are moving towards. Uh, Grant, these lifestyle estates is that part of this whole 
down with downscaling kind of thing, or or is that does that fit in somewhere else? No, no. I think um, uh, interesting uh, cosmopolitan developers out in in sort of Joburg North at Ladzera area have just created a um, a, a lifestyle estate, but focus on, on more in the mid market. And again, I think that's something we're going to see a trend towards. Um, because again, the, the nature of, of working from home, people uh, would like to live in a space where they feel secure, but they also have options uh, in terms of again leisure and and uh, working in, in an environment not necessarily in home, but but maybe uh, near near to home. So we're definitely going to see a, a trend in, in lifestyle estates and and uh, lifestyle estates focused on um, your more uh, middle class versus it only being high end properties. So definitely going to be a trend. Um, it'll be interesting to see. For example, the cosmopolitan development, uh, the quality of the build, how much space is going to be to make that uh, uh, viable viable development. But again, these these are guys who have been around for such a long time; they know exactly where they're going. So it's definitely a trend that's going to happen more and more. Um, and also, particularly with a lot of people moving from Joburg to outlying areas, there's that expectation that they live in security environments. So when you move out to an area. Um, for example, move from um, Joburg to Mossel Bay, you are, there's potential that there would be uh, an increase in, in sort of lifestyle estate living there because of the expectation of, around security in particular. It's interesting you, met, you mentioned Mossel Bay because, um, sure, a year, two years ago, somebody was talking about uh, wanting to move there. And I was like, what on earth would you want to go to Mossel Bay for? You know, nothing happens there, and it and it happens very slowly, uh, and and yet now you're saying places like Mossel Bay are are the places to go. Um, also, interestingly enough, a little while ago, I got to go and see an estate uh, just uh, outside of Pretoria, and these guys have literally almost created like a little inland sea stroke dam place with a with a beach and all of those amenities there's a there's a shopping center inside there's a gym there's a movie theater um, all access controlled there's business facilities meeting rooms um, and literally hundreds upon hundreds of units and you know i think if you if you're into that kind of living and and in that kind of space that might be a great idea for you. I know when I had a look at it, I was like, ah, no, too many people for me. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's all good and well having a, a beachy type place, but when it's just as crowded as other beaches, you don't necessarily want to go there if you, uh, as, as, as sort of um, introverted as I can be. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely is uh, one of those things. Now, Grant, if we if somebody's listening and and they they've they've been on the fence in terms of I have been renting, but if I do the math now, uh, my my rental is almost the same as if I'd actually owned this property. Now I'm paying off somebody else's property. Uh, is this a good time to look at becoming a buyer? That's the first question. So it, it's, it's an interesting time to become a buyer is, is sort of the, 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 the easiest answer. And, and the reason I say that it, from the affordability point of view in terms of interest, rate, interest, interest rates only, um, you know, it's certainly more affordable than, than rental in general to, to buy a property now. The problem with the, the difference between ownership and renting, however, is that there's a few other aspects. So from an ownership point of view, you take on responsibility and ownership of their property you take liability in terms of the property but you also take on any maintenance that work that needs to be done there as well as the rates and taxes and levies that are associated to the ownership of the property so you can't only look at only interest rates you must look at what are the levies on a property what are the um what are the 
potential maintenance costs, what are the rates and taxes on the property, and account for all of that in, in terms of making the decision from a, uh, a rent-to-buy scenario. You also need to consider your lifestyle. Are you going to be in that in that area for years and years to come? Um, you know, rental escalations are at an all-time low, according to TPN. I mean, you know, there's very few rental escalations happening at the moment um, because of the nature of the market we're in. So, you you know, you know you're going to sit in a space where your rent's going to be pretty much the same for the next two, three years, whereas uh, interest rates will have to start increasing. We're at an all-time low from an interest rate point of view, and in the next two, three years, they're almost certainly going to have to start increasing as uh, inflation starts increasing when the markets or when the economy starts sort of hopefully getting going again. So you need to be aware now, you buy now, but in three years' time, interest rates are going to go up. It's going to get more expensive. Um, but you've got to balance that off with the, the opportunity you're looking at. You know, if there are properties in the market now that are discounted now, then in two, three years' time, will certainly increase in price, will be more valuable. And you then got to look at the capital return that you make on that property versus the, um, the potential increase in cost later on. So it's not a it's not a simple um, rent or buy um, uh, sort of question. It's it's more that you've got to understand what are you looking for, how long you're going to be there, what sort of flexibility do you need, are you uh, a, a married couple without children now, and you intend having children, and you need to expand, you need to grow. Um, you know what what are the things that that, that make relevant to your lifestyle and your life going forward uh, that you need to take into account before you decide to buy. Yeah, you see, that's the thing that you don't think about. The other thing that, that crossed my mind is, is many, 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 many years ago uh, when I bought my first property, um, we bought the property, interest rates were incredibly low. We looked at it and we were like, yep, we can do this. And then there was that, uh, that surge in, uh, in interest rates in this country that they, they went up to like stupid levels. Um, and suddenly a home that was initially very, very affordable uh, we're suddenly no longer so. Uh, you know, that's that's something that you need to think about as well. I know nobody has a crystal ball, but it's it's something you need to take into account. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you need to you need to spend time um, investigating the market and and really understanding better, um, you know, what you're getting yourself into, where where you're going, and, and it, you, nobody has a ball. But you know, if you're going to buy a property, and, and I mean. This decision on the property investment side, you need to understand the market you're buying into, the space, the area, the suburb, the street. You need to understand that so well that you you can make a relatively decent decision to go um, from the property perspective, um, in spite of what happens in in the economy. Um, you know, you you've got to worry about things you can control, not things you can't control. Mm -hmm. Now, with somebody like Only Realty, like you guys, Only Realty, um, if I came to you and said, listen, I'm, I'm looking to buy, but I need some advice, is that something that you guys do? Would you say, hang on, you need to think about A, B, C, and D? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's definitely something that we try to focus on in, in terms of guiding people to uh, you know, where they need to go. You know, we don't have um, all the properties in the market for sale. I'd love to say we do, but we don't have everything for, for sale. That, that might meet your needs. But it's always something that, that I've always spoken to the guys a lot saying, you know, we need to provide people with, with the right level of advice that, that suits their situation and, and, and works for them and is going to put them in the best scenario going forward. Um, and lastly, we released a property investment series, which is free um, from an early royalty perspective to just it's um, six hours of, of guidance and, and advice and, and uh, information around investing in property, whether you're a home buyer or investor, just to sort of give you things to start thinking about 
um, when you want to when you want to uh, actually get on the property ladder. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely something we we do. We we train our guys to understand um, property investment as well as home buying. And um, I got you know, generally speaking, our team all have the same sort of values and, and approach to to the market and our clients and, and understanding that we just need to help people first and foremost. Um, and then we we can do business later once there's um, sort of real trust in, in that relationship. Which I think is fantastic because, you know, again, uh, sometimes you get the feeling that the, the estate agent wants to just make the sale and all they can see is, is the yeah. dollar signs. Um, yeah. Grant, we, 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 we're going to be wrapping up shortly. One question before we go to a break, though. Uh, if you are a property investor or maybe you just have a second home that you've been renting out, uh, talk to me about good tenants. And, and before we get there, let me just tell you this, you know, um, I've, I've had to, to sort of move my living space away from the plot and we now stay in a secure complex. I need to, to look after my mom and my sister. Um, we signed up uh, last year when we moved in and uh, the initial lease was for six months. And uh, at the beginning of this year now, we got this, this letter where they were saying, okay, your rental's going up and it was going up by about, I don't know, call it one and a half thousand rand a month. And I looked at this and I thought, that's a bit cheeky. Uh, so I just mailed them back and I said, listen, um, we're actually very good tenants. We, we've, we paid you. We paid you more than you wanted for the deposit. We pay you on time, every time. Um, if you're now going to make it that extra one and a half thousand rand a month, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, to meet my obligations there. Uh, would you guys be prepared to, to sort of not escalate the rental? And without hesitation, you know, they came back and they went, yeah, okay, no problem. We'll keep it like that for now. Um, so I think it was a bit cheeky that they asked in the first place, but, you know, I suppose nothing ventured, nothing gained. But how important is a good tenant? Yeah, look, I mean, the most expensive um, single line item in, in um, property investment is an empty property, you know, because that property, uh, whether, whether it's empty or whether it's got a tenant, in, is incurring costs be it your bond, be it your maintenance costs, levy rates and taxes, there's costs associated to the to holding a property. So, so the minute you're not getting an income, whether it's vacant or you've got a non-paying tenant in there, that's the most expensive thing for any property investor. So, so you know, a good tenant is worth their weight, worth multiples of their weight in gold because, you know, once you've got a good tenant, you really don't want to be escalating the rental to a space where they now want to look at other options. Um, you really want uh, somebody in there that's paying regularly um, to make sure that you you not you know you're covering your costs at least um, from that perspective. So, so yeah, I mean, good tenants are 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 really really important. I think part of the problem on on this though is is people get desperate. So when they go into the property and buy a property, they don't understand the costs of of owning a property. Firstly, secondly, they don't put aside reserves to to see themselves through the lean months, the, the months where there's no rental coming in or there's no tenant in property. So, so they get desperate and then they, they just would tend to accept anybody that is willing to apply that looks half decent. Um, and, and, you know, although might not meet all your criteria, meet the criteria that they, they, they're willing to pay at least first month's rent because in the short term, that's what you need covered and you end up sitting with a really bad, really bad tenant or non-paying tenant. So not rushing into a tenancy is important. Um, making sure you do your vetting well because prevention is better than cure, making sure that this tenant who's coming in from, from what you can see, all the best evidence available is going to make payment, is able to make payment and um, has always made payment in, in their past. 
it gives you the best chance of, of, of securing the, uh, the best tenant. Part two problem here mm. is that we, we've gone through an environment uh, where a lot of people have defaulted on credit cards or everything else. So they, their credit rating might not look as good as it has, has before. And we see loads of people who have got much worse credit ratings than in the past. But that's just the nature of the environment. You can't, uh, although it's always ideal to get the person with the best credit rating, that's not always going to be the person with the best um, the, or the person that's the best tenant because your, your credit rating isn't directly affected by your non-payment of rental. Um, you know, that it's the non-payment of, of loans, of credit cards, all those other things that affect your, your credit rating, whereas non, non, being a non-paying tenant doesn't directly affect your, your credit rating. So you wouldn't necessarily see that um, in, in a credit check. So don't place all your eggs into the fact that they, they're a, 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 an A-rated credit uh, or ten, an A-rated tenant from a credit rating perspective. You know, you might find the guy who gets a B or C um, is actually a potentially a better tenant because of this situation. Um, but there is, it has something, something happened in the past that has affected their, their rating. So yeah, I mean, good tenants is, is, is paramount in terms of um, investing in property. And it's important that you take your time when, you, when you're getting somebody into your property. And also, I would say, because I've seen this now in the complex that, that, that uh, I'm currently living in, uh, make sure that the person who signs the lease is, uh, at the very least, the person who's going to be living in the property and that uh, they're not signing a lease on behalf of, you know, 17 of their closest friends. Uh, just just something I've noticed as well. Uh, it is What's Involved, proudly brought to you by Epic South Africa. Uh, if you want to find out more about property, property investment, entrepreneurship in general, epicsouthafrica.com is the place to go. We'll be wrapping it up with Grant Smee when we come back. And we're back. This is What's Involved, proudly brought to you by Epic South Africa. Uh, go to epicsouthafrica.com. My special guest, Grant Smee. Grant, we've spoken about a lot of things uh, on, on this particular program. Uh, one of the things, though, that uh, if you are of an entrepreneurial mindset, or maybe you're interested in investing in property. Uh, this year of 2021, uh, distressed properties, auctions of properties, uh, is, is that happening? Is this a good time to, to buy in terms of that? Yes, I mean, you know, there, there is going to be quite a lot of distressed property coming into the market, and there'll be the, the auctions prior to, um, uh, prior to re repossession, and then you have your repossession, re repossession um, auctions later on. Um, so there are going to be properties that are coming in the market where people have approached the banks and said, listen, I'm in trouble, and now they, they need to sell their property, and they're working with the bank to sell. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be uh, th that space um, coming, becoming more and more active uh, quite soon. And, uh, yeah, there's certainly opportunities there. You just need to be careful that you're – not buying from somebody who's put in position that they have to sell, but they don't necessarily want to move. So that is one of the risks uh, uh, in terms of buying those those properties um, where, where people are in financial trouble and, and are having to sell because um, of of their situation. Sorry, Grant, explain to me uh, what that means, though, because it's a they, they, you, you just mentioned there they have to sell it but don't want to move. What, what, what sort of impact would you that have on you then? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so I mean, um, you know, when you get into an auction auction environment where the owner is still living in the property, but is being forced to sell the property because of the situation, it's um, usually a court order that's making them sell, and that's where it gets to auction. And then th there's a situation where the property gets sold at auction, but they, as a homeowner, um, and obviously are are either in disagreement with the with the bank or um, uh, or disagreement with with the fact that they need to move or, or they're in the situation, then they don't want to move. So you get yourself into a place where you've bought a property potentially, where you don't have to, um, we don't have access to the property because the guys are not willing to move. So it is it is uh, a risk, and you would then have to go through an eviction process, which can, to be quite honest, because you 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 could be uh, potentially evicting the homeowners, is a very very emotive space, and um, it's not for everybody, and it can be quite difficult. To do because you're dealing with the emotions of somebody who's effectively losing their home. Um, so unfortunately, um, you know the nature of the economy right now means that this is going to become more prevalent. People are going to lose their homes, and and it is an opportunity for um, uh, property investors. But it is a space where you you need to be quite considerate of the fact that people are losing their homes. Um, now, would this be would this be something where where that 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 if somebody joined Epic South Africa, for example, um, and said, "Look, we we have got some cash for whatever reason, uh, and we we're looking to invest," would this be the platform EpicSouthAfrica.com where we could talk about things like this with like-minded people like yourself? Yeah, so we've got investors who have looked into that space, um, and in, in fact, one of my business partners was actively involved in in um, that environment. Um, for for a good number of years, so from an expertise perspective, absolutely can come into Epic South Africa, ask questions, get guidance, get information in terms of uh, going down that road. We don't uh, obviously attend the auctions, everything else, but we do provide sort of insight into what could be the um, the pitfalls of going there, where the opportunities are, and what you should be careful of uh, when when going to to these auctions for uh, these type of properties. And then we do have uh, Epic South Africa's got um, fortunately. Or unfortunately, um, some of the best eviction attorneys in the country, we do partner with them so we can point you in the right direction should you have that need as well. Wonderful stuff. Now, so, so to wrap it up, as I understand it, if, uh, if your income is secure, um, you have been a renter and uh, you're now looking to get onto that property ladder, this could be a good time. Um, if you are looking to, to sort of what did you call it? Semigrate. Um, this also could be a good time to, to, to do that. Although investors, where, where, where are investors? Is it, is it a case of um, investors proceed cautiously? We're we, we not, you know, I mean, your returns are not going to be great, I'm assuming, this time of the year. Um, re returns by nature of property aren't amazing anyway. So, I mean, you know, if you look at buying a uh, the asset you're going to buy is either a business that does cash flow. Um, you get a much higher return buying a business potentially than you would in property. But obviously, in terms of property, buying bricks and mortar, it's, it's generally lower risk. Um, so, so therefore, the returns are lower. So investors, I think, are, are looking out for opportunities. The, you know, with any anything, the devil's in the detail. So it's not like they, they're jumping head um head and or you know, feet first into the space and just going first or jumping head first. And it's sort of dipping their toe in the water, analyzing the deals, taking a look at the numbers, watching the economy, looking at the area, 
looking at the tenant base because your tenants differ in areas and, and in terms of properties and just going down a road of, of making really prudent decisions. Um, I think be careful of running into space where you, you're following the hype. It's massive, and I think there still is now, massive hype around student accommodation. You know, everyone's getting student accommodation. You make such amazing money. And then the pandemic came, and a lot of students just went home and, and weren't paying rent. And, and the, those guys who invested heavily into student accommodation were then burnt because there just wasn't any money coming in. So be quite careful of the, the economic environment. Be quite careful of the um, of uh, jumping headfirst into, into properties. We think there might be uh, a massive opportunity without running your numbers and understanding what you're in for. Um, so yeah, so, so the investors are investing, um, definitely, but they are being quite cautious. Fantastic stuff. And uh, with that, we now come to the end of this particular uh, episode of What's Involved. Grant, thank you so much. If people uh, are wanting to find out a little bit more, get a little bit more detail, uh, they can just go to the Epic South Africa website. Oh, well, it looks like we've lost Grant. So uh, thank you, Grant. And uh, we do appreciate that. so check it out, epicsouthafrica.com. You can also uh, email Grant directly, Grant. Uh, so, um, or if they want to chat to me directly, uh, my email address is grant 